NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Skip the waiting room. TireRack.com now offers convenient mobile tire installation in select areas. Simply shop TireRack.com for your next set of tires, and at checkout, choose Tire Rack Mobile Tire Installation. An expertly trained technician will arrive with your tires and install them on-site, at home, at the office, wherever you are. You'll spend less time waiting and more time doing the things you enjoy. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is my friend and yours. And we would like to point out that if you are a thin-skinned grammar nerd, well, this show might not be for you. Here is the captain. Yeah, that's because we never did any book learning. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are still sipping on this fine brew from Tactical Brewing Company. This one is called Hatchback Inferno. It's an ESB, which typically stands for Extra Special Bitter or Extra Strong Bitter. Think of a really nice English pale ale with some spice added and some higher quality hops. ABV 4.8%, garage grade 3 and 3 quarter bottle caps out of 5. And let's toast and cheer some of our friends here, Captain, who helped us fill up the fridge this week. First up... A big cheers to Mike T in Toronto. And a big we like your jib to Melody in Riverside, California. And last but certainly not least, we have Lydia Barsati in Percival, Virginia. Everyone we mentioned, they went to our website and clicked on the pint glass. And that was a donation to the Beer Fund. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, B-W-E-W-R-U-N, Beer Run. Go to TrueCrimeGarage.com and sign up on our mailing list. And if you do so, you'll be in the know, and you'll get some promo codes. And Colonel, that's enough of the BLs. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Next week will mark 10 years since... Colt Haynes and Molly Miller have last been seen or heard from. And over the years, there has been much speculation as to what could have possibly happened to these two young people. There's been many theories bandied about during this time. A lot of them leading back to the Nip family and into other realms of of Love County and Love County law enforcement that seems to be corrupt and corrupt during the time that these two go missing. 
And in fact, that's why we believe there was little to no investigation at all in the early years of this case. This is one of the most frustrating cases. We have three young individuals, two of those individuals are now on a high speed chase that leads them to this property. This, this high speed chase is a reoccurring event mm-hmm. for old Khan. In fact, we know of at least one occasion where he stole a vehicle and during a police pursuit loses police on a chase fleeing to his family's property and then abandons the stolen vehicle on the family property and which this vehicle is, we know the reports, but it wasn't recovered this vehicle. And more importantly, where are the charges? Where's the arrest of this guy? And then the charges, they don't exist. Well, where are the people, Yeah, you know, uh, not to mention the charges, but because we know that Khan's not missing. There's three people in that vehicle that night and two are missing and and one is not correct. And, correct. Th- and maybe that maybe that guy owes those family members some explanations. Well, but he's being protected by law enforcement. You can't make this up. Not to give too much away, there will be charges in this incident. I'm talking about the incident of the stolen vehicle. Right. It's it's known throughout the county he did this, and there's no charges. There's no arrest in that matter. Now, in regard to this matter, with Colt and Molly missing, Khan says right away, I don't know what you're talking about. They weren't with me. Yeah, I might have fled the police, but they weren't with me. I don't know where they are. I have no clue. And we have a sheriff who says, oh, Molly Miller, that's, she's a runaway. Not my problem. Not going to do an investigation. And then, as we've pointed out several times before, the sheriff is a family member of Con Nip. And you know what? Con and several of his other family members are up to no good at this time. And we know this. We know this. This is fact. This is not speculation. These people are breaking the law. Reg- regularly, they're just not, there's no consequences for them. Again, I'd have no problem with law enforcement saying, hey, my family member wasn't involved. You need to report it to this different county, but I'm going to do everything in my power to help you. That's what you're paid to do. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like it's not just one member of this family that's a piece of shit. It's approximately four is my guess here, Captain. Out of all the family members, there's only four pieces of shit. That, that I can confirm 100%. Right. <laughs> you confirm. Okay. Yeah. I, I suspect we more. have more. Could be more, but I can only confirm. Well, I, I like your honesty. So where are we at in this investigation? All right, Captain. It's been 10 years since anybody's seen Colt Haynes and Molly Miller. And as we said earlier, there's been a lot of theories in this case. There's no shortage of theories in this case as to what could have happened to these two individuals right? or where they could be to this day. And a lot of this comes from local rumor and local information. And it's weird because in all of these stories, we know that 
a lot of times where there's smoke, there is fire. But we also know that not all of these theories can possibly be true, but all these theories come about because somebody told somebody something, or I saw this, or my friend said that they saw this. So there is some root to each one of these theories coming from the very local level and people that knew all of these people involved. So one of the local theories is that they were injured in the car and and possibly killed in the car accident. Which that one's very quick to kind of wash away, right? For several reasons. We know the vehicle was found approximately two weeks after the car chase, two weeks after these two individuals go missing. There's no signs of blood in the vehicle No signs that anybody was injured or killed in a vehicle accident. And then to top that off, we know for a fact that Colt and Molly were calling people that night. And we know this based off of their phone records, right? Those phone records were pulled by investigators. They determined that those phones were in use throughout the entirety of that night. And we have people that spoke, multiple different people that spoke to Molly and Colt after they both say the vehicle was dead. So that one seems pretty easy to move on from. But let me throw a little shade at law enforcement. There's a high speed chase. You know who it was. The people that he was with have been reported missing and it takes you two weeks to find the vehicle. Shame on you. Again, that goes back to how much were they really looking for? Because Love County has jurisdiction here. And And it's not their problem. As the sheriff stated, it's not his problem. Yeah. A lot of people have different theories on why both of the phones may have died or were turned off at the same time. Think about just that statement. If they are turned off around the same time, well, there's a big clue that something terrible happened. Right. These two people who are calling multiple people for help time and time again throughout that night are not just going to go, you know what would be a good idea right now? Let's both turn off our phones. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good thing. So if we don't know because those phones have never been recovered, if they were shut off or if they died or or what happened to those phones. There is a thought and a theory, and maybe this stems from what the sheriff said at the genesis of this case, that Molly is a runaway. And so there are some theories out there that the two of them decided to run away together. Again, it would seem very strange that for hours that night, they're calling people saying that they need help, bring water, I've broken my leg. Right. Uh, It wouldn't be the most... It wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility, but it seems incredibly unlikely that they would go to those lengths to kind of stage an opportunity for the two of them to walk away and walk away from what, right? They Neither of them really have to, their shit together. We know that Colt was trying to, he he's on again and off again clean. And we know that Molly is trying to be helped by her family and who knows this could have just been a phase for molly right it could have been a phase for her something that she may have grown out of or with a little bit of help or the right guidance been able to move on from so it doesn't stand to reason to me to show a lot of evidence that they had a lot of things to 
walk away from, that they're just going to go right off into the sunset and start up this beautiful life together. They don't even have a vehicle. They don't have money. They have no means or resources of leaving and starting a new life. Well, not to mention if that information on the call is correct, we have one individual with broken leg. Correct. One theory, and this is one of the more scary ones, and this actually comes from a tip that was called in once the two were missing. And I have it reported that the tip came in in July. So this could be within days of them going missing or a few weeks because they went missing in the early part of July. But the tip comes in saying that Molly was being held against her will and was tied to a tree, this vehicle, or sorry, the tree somewhere along Long Hollow Road down in the woods. And this one, this tip, unfortunately, is a tip that has led to a lot of emotional turmoil for her family, for obvious reasons. That something happened to Colt, but this tip only specifically references Molly being held against her will and may have been tied to a tree at one point. And again, Long Hollow Road, all... all signs keep pointing to Long Hollow Road and to the Nip property. Again, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You have two people missing, and it takes you two weeks to find a vehicle. And how quickly were these rumors about her being chained to a tree? When you hear those rumors and your law enforcement, you have the nerve to say it's not your problem. So the vehicle thing, here's one thing I have to wonder, and I don't have confirmation of this, but... As we said, Khan had borrowed that vehicle. It was his girlfriend's vehicle. Right. So what we do know happens is that she files a stolen vehicle report the morning after this car chase. This may have started a domino effect that led to finding that vehicle because she files a stolen stolen vehicle report, also files an insurance claim. We know that $18,000 of damage is done to the vehicle, so she wants the insurance company to pay for it. It wasn't in her possession at the time. I guess not her problem, right? Uh, but A lot of things, not people's problems in this she, case. She, well, she ends up getting charged with file, filing a false, a fraudulent insurance claim because she let her boyfriend borrow the vehicle. It was not stolen. But again, she probably thought she'd just get away with it because he's connected to law enforcement and they're not doing shit about shit. And then, unfortunately, Captain, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of theories that all are roughly about the same, meaning, but they have different detailed information to them. So a lot of these theories are based around the idea that the two of them were killed out there that night or later. Um, and then where the variance comes into play is where their remains are or how they were killed or why they were killed. Um, but rather than go through every single one of those in detail, I think we can kind of sum them all up here with this statement that there's the theory that they were killed at some point for reasons undetermined. 
and that their body locations, their remains are in places unknown, parts unknown. Right. And to be clear here, though, with these theories, they all involve different people as being responsible for the murders or why the murders would be committed in the first place. Now, of those people that are referenced in these different theories, we do have, of course, James Kahn Nip, who seems like an obvious person to suspect, people in the Nip family, the sheriff is referenced in some of these theories as either having involvement or knowledge of the murders and possibly where the bodies are. We have, again, I can't, I can't go into it enough that it's the Nip family, but there, there are certain people named in this that are in the Nip family as possibly being involved either with or without Khan in committing the murders. Now, as far as why they were killed, there is, well, maybe they saw something they shouldn't have, or we're covering something up, or this is due to a prior beef between Colt and Khan, uh, or that there's a drug operation. There, I mean, there's endless reasons why or possibilities as to why. And then when it comes down to, well, where would the remains be? If this, in fact, is true, that murder is what we were actually talking about here, well, that kind of runs the gamut as well, because we have things as simple as, well, the bodies must be on the NIP property, because that would make a whole lot of sense. The bodies are in a nearby lake. Moxley Lake is actually referenced in these theories, which is very close to the NIP property. Uh, but we also have, as far as Texas that the bodies are are somewhere in Texas, and that would stand to make some sense too because if you want to cover something up, if you want to try to hide a crime, uh, you, you, you go outside of your, your county line is not a bad idea, but also going out cross state line is not a bad idea either, and we know that Love County is right there on the border. Right. So Texas would make a whole lot of sense if you are trying to dispose of, conceal, and hide something that you do not want anyone else to find. But again, law enforcement and this family, why wouldn't they do everything in their power to search for these individuals? We have scent dogs they could have used. They could have used cadaver dogs. Why wasn't this done? So one of the strangest theories or the perpetrator of this theory that I find to be incredibly strange and I want to bring it up here now so we can move on from it. One of the theories is that, yes, they were killed out there and their bodies disposed of, but the perpetrator, the murderer, is Colt's brother, Jesse. And the reason why this theory comes about is that it's it's either rumor or maybe it's fact. I've not talked to anybody that says that they heard this happen. But it's said that on at least one occasion, Jesse threatened his brother uh, with a knife or threatened to stab him at some point. Um, we do know that they did not get to get they did not get along very well. Uh, but but here's the problem I have with that theory. Jesse is not one of the names mentioned of anybody that 
that Colt called that night. So it's very difficult for me to try to wrap my head around the idea that they're in a vehicle with Con Nip. They end this police chase on Con's family's property. They're trapped out in the middle of nowhere. He's got a broken leg. They're calling everybody else other than Jesse for help. And that, so what happens? Jesse magically shows up. He's the only one that finds them and decides to kill them. Right. And, and, their, and their bodies have never been found. So that does not make a whole lot of sense to me. I think there are people that have already been named in this story that make a whole lot more sense as to what very likely happened in the situation. Well, you have to remember that Molly is connected to this family. She, she's known, her family has known the Nip family for a very long time. In fact, reported that it would be probably the entirety of Molly's life. One of the things I think is so fascinating with this case is that the timeline is, it's very long. It's very extensive. And like we said, we, from that day, from the, the, from the day that they were a part of that police chase, nobody has spoken to or seen Molly or Colt. But we have a very interesting 911 call that happens, I believe, eight months after they go missing. Yes, and this will give, this will add some weight to that theory that maybe they were killed and disposed of in Moxley Lake, that they're, that one or both bodies may be in that body of water. So this 911 call comes in eight months after the two go missing. The call is from a man's phone, and his name is Colby Barrick. Okay, well, he is Khan's uncle. And it's believed by the person by the emergency personnel that received the call that this was an accidental phone call, that it was a pocket dial to 911. Right. And it's recorded. So Colby Barrick's phone calls 911. And the, the person t- that hears the call picks up, is it, you know, hello, what's your emergency? But there's nobody talking to emergency personnel. They just hear talking because again, it's, it's a likely a pocket dial. Right. So the emergency personnel operator says that, look, th- from the sounds of it, this sounds like somebody describing how Molly and Colt were allegedly murdered. So from the from the recording, and I, for obvious reasons, I'm going to choose to use some other words here, but I'll give it to you verbatim. You'll be able to you'll be able to figure it out. Uh, the, the words I'm changing. So what can be heard is it says that someone's talking when the phone p- picks up, and you can hear the person saying, "You know, you're effing mad. You know, you're effing tired. Fucking. Effing." Fucking. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm not supposed to guess. Oh. I thought you wanted me to guess the word. I was talking to the listener. I was just joking. You know you're effing mad. You know you're effing tired. Effing Moxley Lake. A buck knife. Molly Miller. They shot him in the mouth. Right there, I can put my finger all the way through it. Now... It's been said that this is in the voice of Barrick, of Colby Barrick. It's coming from his phone. Right. And I know that this sounds like they're not complete sentences. 
This is just what people say they can make out in, in the rants and raves and the conversation that's going on that they can hear. So where the parts are that don't make sense and where it sounds a little choppy there, there's other words being spoken that they just cannot figure out what, what's being said. It's muffled. Right. So the operator says they hear Kobe Barracks saying, Colby Barracks saying, you know, you're effing mad. You know, you're effing tired. Effing Moxley Lake references a knife references, a shot to the mouth. Yeah. And the operator says that they also heard splashing water splashing and a gunshot or two gunshots. And then the phone, it, the line disconnects. So the operator then runs to Sheriff Russell and says, Hey, there's this pocket dial 911 call that just came in. They're talking about, I believe they're talking about Molly Miller and Colt Haynes who are missing. And it sounds like they're talking about one or both of them being murdered and something about uh, water. Yeah, being thrown into the lake. Or a pond. And what's weird here, and this is recorded as well, Joe Russell says, oh, you mean Moxley Lake. It, it, he doesn't need a whole lot of more information to know exactly the area that the caller may have been referencing. Right. And what's interesting about that, though, too, is later... So th- this call is pinged, right? Because it, it comes into 911. And they determine that the general area where this phone call came from was a pond that is just north of Long Hollow Road on Oswalt Road. And so the phone ping confirms that not only is this caller talking about Moxley Lake, but the phone call's coming from an area very near Moxley Lake. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off 
IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. 
Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. And customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And you can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, we are back. Again, one of the most frustrating cases, uh, and and it never uh, never ceases to amaze me. I guess that uh, we've almost seven hundred episodes, and then we find a crazy case like this. Where it's why isn't this case been talked about more often? Well, you get you get a a poor drug area, an area that is just overrun with drugs and a small population and it only takes a few bad apples to create a very bad situation. And what I think we have here, captain is just that in, in that bad situation, in my opinion, my humble garage opinion started at the top with, with the sheriff and think about the sheriff. Very few people can, can, can take the sheriff out of office. It's very limited who can remove a sheriff from office. So in some sense, the sheriff in a lot of ways is the king of the county. He's one of the top dogs. But in this situation with Sheriff Joe Russell, he is the definition of the fox guarding the hen house. And we know this because later he would eventually be removed as sheriff and charged. They bring him up on criminal charges. Now, unfortunately he gets a sweetheart deal. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't even call it a slap on the wrist because he, he gets no jail time. He gets unsupervised probation, which I feel like most of us are all on unsupervised probation. Right, right? Right. Isn't, isn't that what life is? Uh-huh. Just just 70 years of unsupervised probation. I need to be supervised. Uh, and he pays, b- but here's where he does pay the piper, Captain. He gets a $370 fine. He had to pay $370 for his oh. misdeeds. Well, what were his misdeeds? So uh, th- this is a pretty lengthy story. Uh, he gets charged with four different charges. He, and Look, we know he's guilty because the court found him guilty because he pled no contest. He, he basically says, yeah, yep, you caught me. I don't really have a good defense here. Um, I will plead no contest and trade for this sweetheart deal. It's four charges. I'm a little confused here. I'll be perfectly clear with you because it sounds to me like maybe one or two of the charges he actually pled guilty to. Um, but we get a very summarized version of the report of, of the, those court hearings. What happened is this, 
living in Sheriff Joe Russell's home is his son. And his son is involved in a meth drug operation. In fact, his son has a girlfriend, a woman living there at the sheriff's house with him. There's drugs in that home that the sheriff lives in. And the woman that's living there with them is a fugitive. She has warrants out for her arrest in multiple counties, including Love County. She's living in Love County Sheriff's <laughs> home. So Not hard to find her. What happens is this woman who later gets arrested. After she's arrested, she tells police, look, I lived in this home and everybody knew that she was living there. Like a, a, a lot of people knew that she was living there. She, t- she told people that I was reminded regularly by the sheriff of what a safe haven is. That if I leave his son, if I leave this home, I'll be arrested on those warrants that are outstanding on me. What happens? She leaves the son, goes and shacks up with another guy. Guess what happens? Knock, knock, knock on the door. She's, She's arrested. arrested. All right. Sheriff Joe Russell serves the warrant on her, arrest her, and arrest the man she's living with because he's harboring a fugitive. Right. You can't make this stuff up. Right. It's like, uh, okay, well, you should have done that with your son. So later it's proven that his son is involved in a drug operation and that one of two things, one of a couple things happened. This, this is the gray areas. Either Sheriff Joe Russell was involved in this drug operation that was going on in his home that his home was involved in, or he turned a blind eye to it or was aware of it and may have just covered it up. You know, there's no way the sheriff didn't know that this drug operation is going on inside his home or involves his home. And part of that story involves con nip his relative that his son the sheriff's son and their relative con nip were all involved in trafficking methamphetamine and we again the son the sheriff's son ends up being charged and convicted later con nip would be charged on several charges but one of the charges includes it's stemming from that police chase on the night that Colt Haynes and Molly Miller go missing because everybody knows that he, that he gave chase to the police. Everybody knows he was involved in that. He's not charged with this until the sheriff becomes in trouble until the sheriff is, he was actually suspended with pay for a while, but once the sheriff is suspended, now con nip can face charges on crimes that he's committed while his relative was the sheriff. Right. So this, this whole thing is called coming crumbling down around the nip family and Sheriff Joe Russell. Colby Barrick, who we've already referenced, he's the one that did the butt dial to nine one one making incriminating statements about what may have happened to Molly Miller. Uh, in 2018, he was arrested on unrelated firearms charges and sentenced to 46 months in prison. 
While in custody, he allegedly told law enforcement that Molly Miller and Colt Haynes' bodies are in a pond, are located in a pond. Now, some people have taken that to mean Moxley Lake. To be perfectly clear, Moxley Lake is not on that Nip family property. Right. There is a pond on the Nip family property. So I don't know, based off of those statements, again, those are alleged statements. I can't say 100% that they are true. But what I can... Why isn't this being searched? The Nip family will not allow law enforcement to search their, their very large property. That's the short of it. So what we have here, Captain, is a couple of problems. Over the years, thankfully... People that care, agencies that care have gotten involved, but they've run into a lot of speed bumps and roadblocks along the way. So Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, OSBI, got involved in this case years after the two go missing. They investigate, and based off of everything they find, they they have changed this to from a missing persons case to a homicide case. They're saying their investigation has led them to believe that Molly Miller has been killed and very likely Colt Haynes has been killed as well. That it, These are homicides, not right. missing people. The FBI has been involved a little bit, maybe at an arm's length. It's very difficult for me to, to say. It seems like they very recently got involved, which tells me that this case is still very active from an investigation standpoint. And that it's finally truly being investigated the major roadblock is that they've not been able to search the NIP property. They've searched areas near there. Anytime, you know, the rumors come up that the bodies could be here or there, they search where they're able to, but they've not been able to search the NIP property without a search warrant. The roadblock seems to be that the DA will not sign off on a search warrant request for that property. And the Nips ain't letting anybody in there. Which makes no sense because of that that butt dial 911 call. You would think that would be all the evidence you need to open up a search of that property. So let me tell you how this case gets solved. There's three ways that you could solve this case. Number one would be remains or the the remains of both or, or one of these individuals to be recovered. Why? Because if we have one or two sets of remains that are recovered and it's Colt Haynes and Miller, Molly Miller, this will confirm someone's story, right? There's all these people out there that have reported things to law enforcement over the years. I heard this. I heard that. My cousin told me this. My friend witnessed this and told me this. What will happen is when you find those bodies, there will be evidence as well. And now we will know for certain it's a homicide case and there will be evidence that will very likely confirm someone's story out there. And now you have a direct lead on a story that should lead you to your perpetrator or perpetrators. The other way is to summons a grand jury hearing. This is, if no remains are found, we can get some evidence or at least in the form of many different people telling many different stories on the stand testifying in front of a grand jury about what they have heard or what they may have witnessed themselves or conversations they had that night with Colt or Molly or Khan and Khan's family. This would be considered evidence and could lead you 
to other people that have additional information. And with some of these people being locked up, so unfortunately, Khan, from my understanding, has served his time and he's out now. Uh, I'm uncertain on Kobe Barrick if he's been released yet. I don't believe he has. But with some of these people being locked up, maybe some people that may have once been scared to talk are not so scared anymore. Or, at the very least, with the sheriff not being in power anymore, maybe they f- feel free to tell us what they've seen or what they heard. The other way would be, in my opinion, Captain, a new DA. Because it was the DA that would not sign off on the search warrant request. And this is a search warrant that should have been requested and should have been granted, in my humble opinion. And Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. There's some pretty powerful statements and information and evidence in this search warrant request that I think will have people scratching their heads going, why was this search warrant not granted and the NIP property searched? Because we could have all of our answers if they search that property, especially if they find something. Well, what is that information that's in the search warrant? request okay so the request here captain is that that large property the nip family property uh please grant us a search warrant for that property and you know that they have to list what it is that they are looking for well the property to be seized in this situation is we have an officer stating that they believe that in the nip family property that human remains of colt haynes and Molly Miller will be found there. And it's a deputy with Love County Sheriff's Office that filed this with the DA in an attempt to get a search warrant for this property. And some of the facts supporting a probable cause to search this property are as follows. The document states July 7th, 2013, at approximately 2246 hours, Wilson, Oklahoma, police officers Richard Parsley and Brandon Dingman began a vehicle pursuit with a 2012 Honda Accord. It goes on to give the license plate. That's not necessary for our story. The pursuit continued south in Carter County and entered Love County. Law enforcement lost contact with the vehicle on Long Hollow Road in Love County. Wilson police lost sight of the vehicle. However, the vehicle was located again by a Love County Sheriff's Unit, but Contact was lost again on Long Hollow Road. So they're giving us a very brief description of that car chase. Now, the reason why we've got to, for the sake of getting this document, getting the search warrant, we've got to put the two people we're looking for on that property. This document does this. That's why I don't understand why it wasn't signed off on. The first statement, it says, Stormy McPeak will testify that she overheard the pursuit start while monitoring the scanner old stormy and she communicated to another individual and confirmed that colt and con were in the that vehicle together josh davis can testify that molly miller and colt haynes were at his residence on that night he observed a honda accord arrive at his as his residence colt haynes entered the residence and was there to pick up molly miller he watched Haynes get into the front passenger seat. Molly get into the rear passenger seat. This was about 15 minutes before receiving the text 
from Stormy saying that there is a police chase going on. So that puts those two in that vehicle, two different people putting the, our victims in that vehicle that night. We have another person, Jessica Williams, can testify that she knew Molly and Colt were passengers in the pursuit of that vehicle and that both Miller and Haynes stated that Con Nip was the driver. Daniel Epley can testify that he received a call from Molly Miller in the early morning hours of Sunday, July 8th, reporting that she and Colt Haynes were lost in the woods at an unknown location after being involved in a police chase in which Con Nip was the driver. Epley goes on to say that they attempted to locate them but could not find a positive location. Here we go, Captain. Four people. Rob Nichols, Devin Johnson, Colby Turner, Benita Long. Drove out to Long Hollow and Pike Roads to find Haynes after his desperate pleas for water and assistance. When they could not locate Haynes, Colt Haynes advised them to travel to Con Nip's grandfather's residence located on Long Hollow Road and ask Con where he left the two of them. Colt said, quote, that motherfucker knows where we are at. The four drove to that location and encountered Con and his aunt, Jennifer Nip, there on the front porch of the residence. Con walked out to the fence that separates the driveway from the front porch, and we have Nichols, who had an active phone call with Colt Haynes. Nichols is on the phone with Colt Haynes while Colt Haynes is lost in the middle of the woods with Molly Miller. Right. He's standing directly in front of Con Nip. Colt is demanding to talk to Con Nip because Con is telling them, yeah, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This young man hands the phone to Con Nip. Con Nip walks away. The people there, the four people we just mentioned, can hear Colt Haynes screaming at Con on that phone as he's walking away with that phone. Con attempts to act as if he knows nothing. Haynes is screaming for Con for Con to give back the phone to his friend. Con hands the phone back to this young man. And this is what he says to those four people that were out there looking for Colt Haynes and Molly Miller. Quote, do you remember where the Mustang was? They are close to that. End quote. Remember, we talked about that Ford Mustang, a silver Ford Mustang that Khan had driven months prior right. and abandoned on the Nip property. I guess this is close to the same area that he says that he left them. So, He's saying all night, I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't with them. But then after that phone call. Amidst to it. Says, you remember where that Mustang was? That's where they're at. And hands back the phone. I mean, this guy is a psychopath. To top that off, we know that the Oklahoma Highway Patrol obtained a court order for phone records for Con Nip, Molly Miller, and Colt Haynes. And using cellular tower information from those phones and activities on that on those phones that night, they can put the three of them together at all times relevant to uh, to that police chase. The three phones were all in Love County together at times after the vehicle was lost by Love County deputies on Long Hollow Road. Right. 
Molly Miller and Colt Haynes both called numerous people who were interviewed that night trying to get help, saying that Con Nip had abandoned them and abandoned the vehicle and that the two of them were both lost in the woods and Colt was in a creek, lying in a creek because he had broke his leg. Well, and I think these friends of theirs, the ones that they called the night of the high-speed chase, the night of them going missing, are some of the best eyewitnesses that we have. Yes. And and for them to then go to the police and say, well, he, he first tells us, Khan first tells us, I don't know what you're talking about. And then later says, well, this is where you can find him. Again, why law enforcement didn't do anything? And and we, we, we have to be clear. There's two counties. The one county that you call, you go, well, the the the, the sheriff the says, well, it's not my problem. Well, it's not your problem because you're connected to the individual and you probably actually know how they went missing. And if you actually investigate it, well, maybe your whole family goes to jail. But the other county, why aren't they knocking on doors? Well, th- that's the problem. So the, t- the town of Wilson, their police department, as well as Carter County, they're really limited. If, if in fact, these two individuals were killed and in, in concealed right. in Love County, these other agencies are limited based off of jurisdiction as to what they can do. If, if the two individuals were killed in, in the town of Wilson and concealed there or killed in the County of Carter and concealed there, these, these agencies would be able to fully investigate this again, where the roadblock lies and where, where the biggest problem with this case is that, where I think that these bodies are is protected by this family's property line. You're not allowed to come onto this property and you're not allowed to search this property. And if that's in fact where they've been concealed all this time, we're never going to get any answers until that property is searched. And that's why I pointed out that the three ways to get that property to be searched would be, grand jury hearings or a new DA, because remember the DA would not sign off on this search warrant. I went through the problem, the, the information and the evidence that the, that law enforcement is stating, here's why we, we have probable cause to search this, this area. Right. And the DA goes, no, nah, not, not good enough. Come back with something more. Well, you have two people that have not been seen in 10 years and everything points to the last time that they were breathing and talking to other people that they were on this family's property. Look, this does not seem like a difficult case. No, but it, not but at all. there are people out there that, that shame on them. There are people out there, bad people that have made this a very difficult case. Thank everybody for joining us here in the garage. If you need more True Crime Garage, check out our bonus content on our website store, 
or through the Apple Podcast app. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for the beautiful listeners? This week, I am very excited to recommend to all of you James Renner's new book, Little Crazy Children, A True Crime Tragedy. For longtime listeners of this show, you will remember the Lisa Pruitt case. Lisa was a teenage girl who was killed in Shaker Heights, Ohio, back in September of 1990. We did a six-part series titled Shaker Heights back in February of 2020. This was a dramatization created from real police interview transcripts straight from the Shaker Heights Police Department's file on this case. Well, now James Renner has written and released the definitive true crime story about the murder case. This is a murder that many believe they know who killed Lisa Pruitt. And I'm reading this now as it just came out. And I'm interested to see the different angles in which James examines this murder case. It's a horrible crime that rocked the affluent neighborhood of Shaker Heights, Ohio. Check out Little Crazy Children, a true crime tragedy by James Renner. You can find that great title and many more on our recommended page on truecrimegarage.com. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't win. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.